All right, so for, uh, before we pray here this morning, I just have a, a little quick update from Pastor Neil. Uh, so he writes, It is always a joy to think that these words are read to you as they are right now, the only connection I have with you. And it blesses me to think I am still part of you in a small way. I feel it was important that I let you know of my present status. Without going into all the details, it basically comes down to the fact that the doctors have given me only a few more weeks to live, but I'm not sure that they checked that out with my Lord first because he alone knows the day and the hour that we will meet face to face. It doesn't reflect, though, that my present physical condition is rather poor with continued infections and surgical interventions that wear me out. Spiritually speaking, God is continuing to give me lessons that I'm living out in a practical ways every day. This week, for example, he has shown me how his timing works in the midst of our circumstances. We can get frustrated when things don't go as planned or scheduled, but when one was walking with Jesus, the schedule changes can be seen as his plan all along. We may not always understand, but Heather and I have come to trust no matter what because we trust him with all our hearts. Psalms 28.7, so that's a great one to look up later. And please continue to pray for our family. As many of you know, Dad fell and fractured his hip this week and uh, was also in the hospital. Heather and I want you to know how loved, supported, and cared for we have felt during these difficult days. With all our love, Neil and Heather. And just even uh, as I was doing my devotions this week and, and I knew I had this, uh, this update to give, uh, one of the things that I've said before, but we've asked Pastor Neil what are practical ways that we could support him and, and be with him during this time. And he, he has said, you don't know how tangible support prayer is. And I was reading in uh, 2 Corinthians 1, 9 to 11, which says this. This is Paul speaking to the, to the church at Corinth. He says, indeed, we have felt we had received the sentence of death. But this happened that we might not rely on ourselves, but on God who raises the dead. He has delivered us from such a deadly peril, and he will deliver us again. On him we have set our hope that he will continue to deliver us as you help us by your prayers. Then many will give thanks on our behalf for the gracious favor granted us in answer to the prayers of many. So that's Paul. He's in the middle of being persecuted, of being at the point of death almost. And he's saying, your prayers are helping. So that is what we can do. Our prayers are so important and so impactful. And uh, so a few of the, the key things I wanted to highlight in prayer this morning is uh, Pastor Neil, obviously, Pastor Neil and Heather and their whole family during this very difficult time. And then as many of you, I'm sure, are aware about the, the tragedy in Humboldt, Saskatchewan, and those boys and uh, the, the testimony of that, the pastor of that team is amazing. And so if you haven't yet had a chance to read it or watch it, I'd really encourage you to do that. And he, he says in it that often in times of tragedy, we ask the question, why? Why did it happen? Or where was God in this? And he points out, why does it happen? We don't know. We don't know why it happens. But he said, where was God? Well, Jesus was on the cross suffering so that people could have eternal hope. And uh, even just this tragedy, it's clear how much God is being glorified through it. This, this testimony is spreading all over the place. Global News had the 18-minute video on their channel for people to watch. So that's an amazing thing. And then the other thing is our, our college students who are going through a stressful time of exams. It's really good to support them in prayer. And if you, if you have their numbers or just know their parents' numbers, text them, give them a bit of a support. And then obviously Teen Challenge who are here with us this morning. And even on top of that, I know that at the back of the bulletin, 
There's a ton of prayer uh, items there. I'd really like you guys to this week be faithful in praying for those people. But would you please join me in prayer this morning? Father God, I thank you for who you are. I thank you that you are a good father. That no matter what we are going through, no matter how dark the night seems, the, the sunrise is coming, Jesus. And even as, uh, as the Apostle Paul was going through such hardships, and he knew that no matter what happens, he would be reunited with you in heaven, Jesus. And so that's the hope that we rest in. But it's not always just about the future. It's about the here and now. Help us to live as people who are called. Help us to live as people who are here on earth for a reason and for a purpose. And so, Jesus, I thank you for who you are. I thank you that you are awesome and mighty and faithful. And you are alone are worthy of praise, Jesus. And so I thank you for all of the ways that you move in our lives. I thank you for uh, the provisions that you have given us, for the way that you help us. And even that we have time left on this earth to do what you have called us to do. So I thank you for the many blessings in our lives. And Lord, I confess that, that we aren't perfect, that sometimes we still make mistakes and sometimes we still make bad choices. And so I pray that you would help us to be corrected by your Holy Spirit's work in our lives and help us to confess our sins and to, to draw closer to you, Jesus. And Lord, I pray for these, uh, for these people in the back of the bulletin, Lord. There's a, there's a huge list there of people that need your touch and your healing and your support. And of course, Pastor Neil is on the top of a lot of our minds, Lord. Uh, I don't know how many days left on earth he has, but you do, Jesus. And I pray that you would make them the best days left. I pray that he would be impacting people so powerfully with his ministry. And Lord, he isn't beyond your healing touch. And so I pray that you would heal him. That you would, even as you've said, you're healing him of fear and of worry and anxiety. And I just really pray that you give him the strength that he needs to fulfill the ministry that you've given him left to do, Jesus. And uh, whether that's many years from now, Lord, or if that time is short, may your will be done. And so I pray that you would just powerfully impact him and help Heather and their whole family during this hard time, Jesus. They need your help. They need your support. And they need to, we, I don't even want to ask for you to be there because we know you're there, Jesus. But I just pray that you would, they would feel your tangible presence with them, that your Holy Spirit would surround them. And may we as a people be faithful in prayer for them and for the many other things, Lord. And I pray for these uh, families impacted by this tragedy in Humboldt, Saskatchewan, Lord. It's, it's amazing to see how it has brought our nation together and just how people have financially supported this. And I pray for these families that are grieving and lost that they would turn to you, Jesus. They need you most of all during this time. And I thank you for even just how you are being glorified through this, Lord. You, you turn horrible situations uh, to good, Lord. And I pray for all those affected that they would just truly feel your presence, Jesus. And I pray also for our college students that are going through exams and are stressed. And I pray that you would just support them during this time and help them uh, to be uh, mindful of what they have studied and that you'd bless their time during this and help them to just truly follow you in a, in a difficult season of life. That there's many things that want to draw them away from you, Jesus. And I thank you for Teen Challenge that is here, Lord. I just really pray that we would be uh, blessed by them and we would be a blessing to them. And I thank you for the encouragement that we can hear from just uh, their stories and the way that you're working in these men's lives. And we thank you for that, Lord. And it's a reminder that all of us have been uh, redeemed from something to somewhere, Jesus. You want to draw all of us to you, Jesus. And so I pray that you continue to bless this ministry and 
help us to support them in tangible ways and help us to be loving and welcoming and uh, to be encouraged to go out into the world and tell other people about you, Jesus. So I, we commit ourselves to you, to following you this week, Lord. Give us the courage that we need to share our faith with others. In your mighty and precious name, I ask for these things. Amen. Hello. Okay, great. Well, yeah, I'm double duty, playing the piano and, uh, and sharing with you this morning. Um, just while uh, I was listening there, I was thinking about Pastor Neil, and I remember last year uh, we had this amazing morning here, and our testimonies were led by the Spirit, and there was a lot of emotion and power in the room. And I, something that stuck, stuck with me was Pastor Neil and his words to me and his encouragement for our ministry, and he had a really powerful effect. So we really, um, really appreciate him as a leader, and, and I'm sorry to hear what, what's going on. I, uh, Teen Challenge is a ministry that is built on suffering. All of, our, all of us here in this room are here because of suffering. I'm standing before you because of suffering. And suffering through addiction and pain and loss and brokenness, it's, uh, it's, it's our roots. It's where we came from. It's the only qualifying factor to, to come into our program is, is that you've suffered with some sort of life-controlling addiction. We, our roots go all the way back to 1958 to David Wilkerson. And if you've read The Cross and the Switchblade, you know the story of the beginning of Teen Challenge. And, and it started with prayer. And it started with trust in God's leading, and, and as a pastor, he dedicated time to prayer, and he was led by God's will to go and minister to young boys who are on trial for murder in New York City. And he saw the hopelessness of the situation, and he knew that God, that Jesus Christ, was the only hope, the only answer to that awful, awful problem of what do you do when your whole life is, is, is destruction? What do you do when 13 years old if you're trapped in a life of crime and, and gangs and drug addiction and brokenness? And, and through his work and through his faithful uh, servanthood, David Wilkerson started the first Teen Challenge Center in New York City, and we've grown uh, a lot since then. There's over 1,400 centers in over 120 nations that are not Canada. So this is, God is moving throughout the, the world with Teen Challenge. And here in Canada, we operate as uh, an adult-only center. So the name, that's why we have Adult and Teen Challenge. We want to hold on to Teen Challenge and the the, the name, the power that it has, but we're a center for adults. And specifically, uh, the Okanagan Men's Center, which we come from, uh, is a men's center for up to 20 guys. Uh, and it's a year-long restoration discipleship program. We differentiate from treatment and from rehab because we focus on a lot more. Um, we're not interested in um, just teaching our men tools about how to stay sober. We want to lead our men to Jesus Christ. We want to create a safe place where they can enter into a relationship with him, where he can reach in and start to take down those walls that we've spent so many years building up. And, and what many of the guys, and if you, ch if you chat with them afterwards, and this is true from my own experience, what they'll share with you is that addiction was just one of the first things that they had to work on. And it's like, it was a big problem and it was holding us back, but when, when we step out of addiction into sobriety, that's when we start to enter into the real growth and the real journey of healing and, and learning who we are and, and, and being able to understand ourselves as created sons of God and not uh, mixed up in all the things that we were mixed up in before. And so uh, this morning, we want to share with you stories of hope. And uh, I, all the guys here that are with me are at different journeys. I mean, it's a year-long program. Uh, I've, I've been sober for almost three years now. And... Um, 
it's uh, it's been a really amazing journey. But the uh, but we've got guys that have been here for a few weeks and guys that have been here for many many months that are approaching their graduation. So we want to want to give an opportunity for you to hear kind of different perspectives and different places that they're at. And so the first person I'm going to invite up, and the guys don't know who I'm inviting, so they're all probably just wondering and scared. But uh, Chris Pierre, can you come up and share? <laughs> Can I pray for you? Yeah. God, can I uh, just come before you this morning and I just pray that you'll uh, bless and, and honor this, this, these words and that we would uh, speak your truth through our stories and that Chris, Chris here would, uh, would share the goodness and, of you in his life. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Thank you. Okay. Well, um, I'm 52 years old. My name is Chris Pierre. I came to Teen Challenge because... Um, I thought I could figure out my life and get it together through all the steps that I went through, and um, I couldn't do it. Uh, I started off in uh, Trail, BC. Uh, I was born there as a youth. Uh, we had some tragedy in the family, a few tragedies. So uh, my dad took us to um, Vancouver Island, Victoria, where I was raised. And we, uh, my dad married an, an, another lady, and she became my stepmother, and we had a large family. We were kind of a wild family, like when we were going camping or whatever, it was like the Brady Bunch. Every, everybody was going everywhere. It seemed like a regular childhood. Everything was good. We played sports and that kind of thing. When I was about 13 years old, um, things fell apart. There was anger in the house that I could notice, and then that's when things separated. I ended up on the street at 14, and uh, I started um, meeting repeat offenders that were older, and more accustomed to the street, and so they showed me how to uh, deal drugs, and I was good at it. And I actually, I, I, I loved the affection, and I loved the people, because it was like a family life, and everybody else was gone. My brothers and sisters were all filtered out all over, and, um, and things happened. So anyways, uh, I, uh, I moved on through life um, with these skills that I learned on the street. Unfortunately, I didn't like some of the ways that they were going, they were negative, and um, I, I didn't like some of the stuff that was going on, so I, so I left. Every time I left, I went to another part of the country and met guys that were still into it. And so I never could change my, my underlying um, habits, I guess. And here I worked hard, but I uh, tend to look for people that were um, uh, the tough guy or whatever, the people that um, like motorcycles and other things and marijuana and drugs and so after after um, many years of living a life working rigs and doing this kind of lifestyle I uh, I found the Lord um, in jail cell I, I did a few um, stints for trafficking and this kind of thing and um, and then from that day nine years ago God's been working in my life I never saw him before in my life until I got older and I started to find out about his precepts and his scripture and everything. And then I started to realize he was there. I saw different points in my life where he was there. But I didn't then. So God is a loving God and the, and the more I've been getting into his word, and it hasn't been a perfect walk. My walk has been up and down. It's, it's, it's been wild. Like I was in... For a while, it went well. Some things happened, and then I went, whoa. I, 
I'm going back to my other life. And it always drug me back to my rebellious side. And, and that side always liked to fight, rock and roll, drive fast, just be that guy. I never even thought it was possible to be anybody but that guy. I thought I would just go that way all the way and, and die, and whatever that looked like. But the truth is, is God loves us so much, and, <clears throat> and the stuff that I've learned in the Bible, that it's, it's so true, man. It, so we, I, I come to Teen Challenge, and Teen Challenge has got like this way of teaching you the Bible and letting God work in your lives. So here, here we're doing all this GSNCs, Group Studies for New Christians, and it's stuff like, you're looking at it like, this is pretty, pretty, pretty good stuff, like, but what does it mean for me? Well, all of a sudden, it starts to surface, and you start to have arguments with other guys that you live with, and, and you, don't, you can't go, because if you go, you quit, so you don't want to quit. So then you kind of just kind of go with it. And all of a sudden, there's change. And, and you look, and maybe two months, every, every two months, I wanted to leave. <laughs> I've been here 11 months. I, I wanted to leave at the second month, fourth month, sixth month, eighth month. And I really wanted to do I, I made it to the phone twice. And the truth is, every time you stand by and you just, and you listen and you draw near to God, he just, he grabs you, he cuddles you, he says, you know what? This is what I got for you. Just hold on. Hold on. This is what I got for you. Like, I'm serious. It's crazy like that. I mean, you guys probably all know this, but, um, uh, so anyways, uh, Teen Challenge has got a great facility. It's something I've never seen before. Um, we, we all come at all different ages and walks of lives, and everybody's, everybody in here, it doesn't matter who you are, God loves everyone. You might be, you might be leading the wrong way or whatever, you can stop any time, but the thing is, is look at that, look at, we never know when our life's going to end in this planet, like, we can live everlasting, or we can be judged and whatever that looks like, maybe we're not going to make it at all, maybe we're going to, like the Bible says some stuff, right, some people understand it better than others, but the truth is, this morning I had a little run-in with a student, and, and, and I felt bad about it. I felt bad for my little part in it, and my part was that I fueled it just as much as he did. It doesn't matter what was said. It, what it means is, is we need to go through life trying to be joyful. Even in our bad times, we don't want to make others stumble and, and cause them to have a wreck or something like that or be the, be the reason that they took their life or something like that. We, we want to we fuel everything with love. And, 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 and it doesn't make any of us better than the next. We just want to do the best we can with the days we have. So I went to the Bible downstairs and I thought, man, how am I going to say I'm sorry to this other student? So at Proverbs 15, 15, 1, a gentle answer turns away wrath. A harsh word stirs up anger. It is equally hard to argue with someone who insists on answering gently. On the other hand, a rising voice and harsh words almost always trigger an angry response. To turn away wrath and seek peace, choose to be gentle. And that's, that's really all I got. Like, um, life, life, has been, life has been full of stuff. Like everybody knows, they, they go through everything and everybody's, we work, we, we change and we try to do the best we can. Teen Challenge has been, um, has lifted me from a place where I thought I might want to take my life or I, I wasn't good enough to, 
to be that guy because uh, for whatever reasons, I was being led astray by lies. Give your kids just, we're all kids. We all just got to be encouraged. And um, never say, never, like, always encourage them. It doesn't matter. Jesus would do it, like, over and over and over and over and over. We've all, we've all done it over and over and over. So, anyways, thank you very much. Um, God bless. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Chris. It, it, it's really true what he says about, about the interactions. Because, I mean, we, what, what Teen Challenge is beyond our, uh, our, our aim and our goals and our roots in Christianity is, is a community. It's a brotherhood. It's a house where 20, up to 20 guys are going to be sleeping in bunk beds and rooms together. And this is a, a big challenge. And it's a big sacrifice for many things. I mean, the rules are pretty strict. Uh, no phones, no Internet. We, they watch one movie per week. They get one hour of free time per day. Um, it's, it's pretty serious stuff. And uh, I know for myself coming into the program, I was very scared and very uh, afraid of all the different things I'd be giving up. But the, but the truth is, is there's so much freedom in that, in that security and in, in the structure. And uh, it'll, it's a, it creates a safe place where we can actually just set aside all the junk that's been weighing us down and focus on what really matters. And that's on God. And, uh, and in every day we see interactions like Chris was describing where there are going to be disagreements. There are going to be problems and there are going to be things and, and it's constantly coming up. But every time we step forward, we don't lie down and give up, there's victory and, God, and, and, we're, and we're experiencing growth. And that's what I see in our students and in the journeys is that every time they say, yes, I can do this. Yes, yes, God. Uh, yes, I'll listen. Yes, I'll submit. Yes, I'll be brave, I'll stand up, I'll make my bed, and I'll go forward. Even though it's hard, there's victory. And it's such an amazing, amazing, encouraging thing that's only possible with God's strength. I want to invite um, Sam up. Sam's only been with us for a couple weeks. And uh, one of the incredible things that I, uh, I love about this ministry uh, is, is restoration in families and, and to see fathers restored as fathers and sons restored as sons. And I know for my life when I went home after a year of Teen Challenge, you know, my sisters, they looked at me and they said, you know, we haven't seen you for 10 years. Like, we haven't seen you be you for 10 years. And it's just like that restoration that my family experienced when I got taken out of my addiction and, and into, into God's grace uh, was incredible. And I watch it happen over and over again with our students. And so I, I just wanted to give Sam a minute to share a little bit about his, his journey that he's on. When you're called, you're called. <laughs> Thank you. Thanks. Um, my name is Samuel Zachariah Bunsford. I was born in Penticton, B.C. on December 31st, 1980. I'm local. <laughs> Wandered these streets before. I never thought I'd be in here, but here I am. Um, I was released out on bail from OCC Oliver Correctional Center, Alpha West Unit. Um, uh, it'll be two weeks this Tuesday. Um, my auntie was bugging me to go to Teen Challenge for years. I was there, which is over 10 years ago. I'm like, auntie, it's for teens, right? It's, it's actually Teen Adult Challenge. But, you know, that was my argument because I didn't want to go. But um, I've experienced a lot of loss in my life. Um, pardon me if my voice crackles. I, I, I constantly cry because, you know, I thought I had brothers in jail. But those are my brothers. Those are my brothers. I love all of you. I'm... I'm I just, uh, I lost my father when I was 11, 
in uh, Terrace, BC, to a logging truck accident, which where it all started. I got two sons, uh, Dean and Adrian. I got, I got the one name tattooed on my back with praying hands. Uh, Dean's 11, Adrian is five. I uh, recently lost um, my wife uh, on January 20th, uh, 2014, to suicide. She was seven months pregnant. I uh, found her in our basement. She hung herself. And um, after the wake, uh, they, um, we were living in Oliver on the reserve. My wife's native, right? And um, um, after the wake, they kept bouncing around, and I finally got him. So I, after we put her in the ground, I took off to Edmonton, right? And uh, we were supposed to, I was supposed to lose my son to child services, and uh, <clears throat> I just lost half my family in one night, so I just took off, right? And um, so the last three years, four years, uh, what is it, 2018, four years? No, four years, yeah. I uh, snuck back and forth from here, right, to visit family. Hopefully, hopefully uh, social services wouldn't find me, right? Well, I dropped my son off at my sister's place in West Kelowna, and she's got two kids that are the same age as my son. And I went to Oliver, and I started using, um, which I thought was heroin, but uh, when I got my blood tested in jail, it was actually fentanyl, kind of scary stuff, man. And um, so my sister came back. I had all these sores on my arms, and she, uh, she you know, she, she, I was mad at her at first, but she did the right thing. I, I love her to death, and she called social services on me, so I'm, I'm fighting to get my son back, but I'm going to get him back because I'm doing good. I'm at Teen Challenge. And um, so here I am, and uh, <clears throat> I lost my mom two years ago. I've lost a lot of friends to overdoses. You know, losses, uh, I guess, is part of my journey. And, uh, you know, whatever God, God wants to do through me, I'm here, I'm humble, and uh, I love you all, and thank you. Thanks, Sam. It's, uh, it's a scary thing addiction and it's it's as bad as it's ever been and it's only getting worse and uh, in many ways it seems hopeless situations like this seem hopeless stories like that sound hopeless and, and lives like these are deemed hopeless many of us even those that were closest to us said I don't think he's ever gonna figure it out it's probably too late and and the world says things like, once an addict, always an addict. And don't waste your time. It's, they're too far gone. And, and God says something different. And, and, and each one of these men has been hopeless, has been given up on, and has been deemed lost. Not worthy of wasting time on. And, and, but but we, we hear a different story. And, and we love a different God. And a different God loves us that tells us something that's so incredible. That, that we are loved by him, accepted as we are with all of our junk with all of our past, with our brokenness, and all the messy stuff that we've been through that, that, that we believe disqualifies us from love and from acceptance. And he says, no, no, as you are, come, come. And, and, and every man here is, is a walking testimony of that because we have all been given up on. And I, I looked at the mirror when I was 20 years old. I'm 31 now. And after two years of addiction, I looked in the mirror and I thought, you will never, ever get out of this. You might as well just accept that you're going to die. I'm going to die in the basement alone in my bedroom. That's what I believed to be true, that lie. And I believed in that moment that my life was hopeless and there was no way out of, of, of what I was in. But it's amazing. It's amazing to stand before you and be filled with life and be filled with hope and to look around and see and see men who are stepping into that same thing where they once believed that it was over, that it was finished. And the truth is it's not. And I, I could blab all morning about this because it's just so close to my heart, but I want to give other guys an opportunity David, would you come and share for a few minutes? Thank you. 
morning, guys. How you all doing this morning? Good, good. Um, it's uh, it's interesting, but uh, um, every time uh, I've been asked to come up and do my my testimony, it changes, and it's never the same uh, way that I'd done it before. Um, so just bear with me. Um, I've only been in the program for about uh, three months now. Uh, we're coming up to three months uh, since uh, January 25th. So um, I'm 39 years old. Uh, I made the 70s. And um, I was uh, born in Chilliwack, B.C., uh, first year uh, out in uh, uh, Cherryville, close to Vernon, uh, out on a trap line where my, my parents were hippies. Uh, had a, this big commune going on and everything. Uh, yes, they went to Woodstock. Uh, <laughs> um, ended up uh, burning the, the barn down there, and uh, we built a brand new place out in uh, Cochrane, Alberta, where my mom's side of the family uh, resides. Um, big family. Don't know anything about my dad's side of the family. He was uh, adopted in uh, Chilliwack, or sorry, uh, not Chilliwack. <laughs> um, Halifax, Nova Scotia, and um, he had a really bad upbringing and, uh, as he grew up as a kid, and uh, sometimes that is uh, um, brought into uh, uh, the next generation. Um, so I grew up in a Christian upbringing, basically, um, as far back as I can remember. Um, we were deacons of the church, and uh, we spoke in tongues. It was a charismatic church and everything. Um, you name it, that's what we were. And if you didn't go to our church, you were going to the wrong one. You know, very self-righteous. Um, unfortunately, uh, something uh, would uh, eventually happen uh, to us in that church, and we would be leaving. But uh, I gave my life to God in that church at about uh, four or five years old. Uh, I also got baptized at about uh, uh, seven or eight. And um, now I'm going to put a little bit of a hook into this because uh, you remember how Jesus talks about uh, um, being a fisher of men and he's going to make us all fishers of men? Well, I like to think of myself, not being selfish here, but... Uh, um, one of those fish that uh, are very hard to catch. <laughs> and um, so because I, you know, was saved and baptized as a young, young man, um, think of that hook in my mouth as I talk about my story um, throughout my whole life. And, uh, well, it goes on to, uh, you know, the unforgiveness that happened. Um, because uh, we found that church that I, I grew up in um, was more scared or had more fear for man than they did for God. And um, we had uh, discovered that my brother had AIDS. And uh, back in the 80s, uh, that was uh, like kind of uh, uncharted territory for knowledge on people uh, if you had AIDS, they did, didn't want anything to do with you. Didn't matter what it was, what the what the uh, circumstances were, or anything, and they would not do the funeral for my brother when it came time for him to pass away. So we left, 
and um, I guess that's where my story, where the uh, unforgiveness and everything else, uh, the anger um, and so on, uh, resentment started to really take hold. Um, growing up uh, in my adolescent years uh, um, was not good. I was uh, made fun of a lot because of being so nice. Um, but uh, behind closed doors as well with uh, my family um, was very different compared to what we were in public. Um, it was like a lot, a lot of uh, uh, psychological and emotional abuse uh, in the household. Um, a lot of irrational thinking, brokenness, and um, um, I got into martial arts. I started using martial arts the wrong way. Um, I remember the first time I uh, um, let out my anger the wrong way. It was right in church, actually, and I beat this guy up right in, right in service. And uh, that's just how bad anger can get to some people. I eventually ended up getting into uh, hanging out with all those wrong people. I had a knack for being an in-betweener, and I knew all kinds of different cliques, all different kinds of groups. And um, I moved out of the house. Um, I had no remorse for things that I was doing. Um, I really enjoyed uh, beating people up. And uh, you name it, I did it. Go big or go home. Any kind of drug you can think of. Uh, started off with marijuana and cigarettes at age 12. Um, and then eventually into uh, uh, cocaine and then crack cocaine and dabbled in ecstasy, PCP, um, methamphetamines. Uh, I've done everything except for stick something into my arm. Um, I'm running out of time here. I'm just going to cut all the bull, bull stuff here and uh, just go right to the, uh, the end where um, I uh, put the gun down and uh, got on my knees and uh, I looked up to God and I started praying and um, I, I just needed to get out. I needed to get out really bad. And um, the next day I ended up in church somehow with my mom. And uh, after church, um, the pastor and his wife uh, asked me to come out uh, to their place for lunch. And uh, they gave me a prophetic word um, that uh, the Lord's hand was on me. And um, he had never left me. He was always with me. That I would change and transform into someone that I would never recognize. And uh, I didn't believe it. I really didn't. <laughs> you know, I was this redneck kind of guy that hung around with one percenters, affiliated with the, you know, whoever, blah, blah, blah. And, um, you know, had very unhealthy relationships with women, all that jazz. Here I am in church. 
And eventually, my life started to change. A little bit by little bit, you know. Um, it took about five to six years after I got that prophetic word. Um, unfortunately, I had to go through a little bit more stuff to practice my drug, drugs and uh, alcohol addiction. And, and um, I found myself back in that church again. And I'm talking to the pastor's wife and, you know, wondering why, why nothing has changed, nothing has happened yet. It's still the same, you know. I thought this prophetic word was going to be like concrete. This is it. And, um, you know, right when I thought that, I, well, be, being convinced that, uh, you know, I was hopeless, this is never going to change, that's when it started to. And uh, little did I know a year after that and um, constant prayer from other people and different congregations. I had a lot of people praying for me that I had no idea about. That I become a, a student at Teen Challenge. And um, it's, it's really amazing what God can do for some people. It really is. I, um, I ended up taking a word fast because of my foul mouth when I first showed up. Um, <laughs> yeah, uh, no, no speaking for three days. You know how hard that is? <laughs> Anyways, um, I uh, learned to, to discern the difference between uh, the Holy Spirit and the enemy. Um, to speak accidentally is uh, one of the, the biggest accomplishments that, or, well, words of wisdom that I had ever learned. Um, just to uh, practice the, uh, the fruits of the Spirit, um, to be at peace and accept myself for who I am, because I didn't have an identity, I didn't think I knew who David was. Um, You know, like, I'm a child of God. I'm an overcomer. Um, and uh, it's just every day is such a blessing. Um, God is real. He really is. This, this is, this is, you know, like, um, I haven't had a cigarette in over three months. <laughs> uh, all, all of it is because of God and um, I think I'll just uh, I'll end it right there <laughs> so that's so awesome David um, so, so many times with Teen Challenge we give the guys the opportunity to speak and, and our re most recent graduate Israel he spent his whole program uh, saying no I don't want to I don't want to I don't want to and then Pretty much the last week before he graduated, we got we gave him a chance to speak, and he stood up here, and he just it was amazing. God just spoke through him with so much power, and he said to afterwards to us, he said, "I don't know, I didn't know what to say, and when I got up there, the words just came out." And it's an incredible thing because I mean, when we're when we're living in this truth, 
And when we're sharing about God's work in our lives, there is no rehearsing. There is no preparing and, and writing out exactly what we want to say. And I don't know what's going to happen every morning when we come and share about this, but we do know it's going to be very real. And, and God's going to be with us, and he's going to be speaking through us. Thank you. Now, we, we are running out of time. I think I can probably get one more, more student to come up and share. Uh, Jordan, would you share? No, it's on. Okay. Usually I got to stand, but uh, anyways, it's all good. Yeah, that doesn't offend anybody, right? Okay. Good. <laughs> I just want to start off, well, I guess, yeah, I'm Jordan. I'm um, 23. I was born in February in a snowstorm. Uh, <laughs> that was the beginning, I guess. And, um, yeah, I ended up at Teen Challenge, obviously. Um, and this is... Um, Actually, I'm in my 12th month now. But I just want to start off by saying, like, God's pretty awesome. <laughs> like, yeah. Like, uh, well, I want to say, like, um, I find mentorship doesn't come up a lot um, outside of Teen Challenge. It, it comes up quite a bit in Teen Challenge. Um, I was mentored by a fellow um, that went to high school with my dad. And... Uh, I just have to say, like, mentorship is important. Um, like, my dad is very quiet. He doesn't speak a lot. Um, and he never really affirmed me, I think, was par part of my problem uh, growing up is I uh, didn't know that I had his approval. Um, and I later looked for that in uh, the wrong places. Uh, so I just want to say, like, if you're a father, you have kids, make sure you affirm your children. Um, and encourage them and uh, like all a kid really needs wants to hear is that that you're proud of them um, and that you're there for them um, I realized that I had that in Christ later on um, I, <laughs> I went to Camp Imidine I don't know if you guys are familiar with that uh, like I'm from the island and uh, yeah I, I gave my life to Christ when I was uh, seven but I realized it was kind of the other way around God wanted to give his life to me. Um, I just didn't want it. Um, and I didn't have an understanding. But when I met Ken, uh, this is my mentor, um, I was about 18. Um, and I had probably been in drugs and alcohol and like that kind of stuff for, um, yeah, I don't know, six or seven years probably at that time. Like I'm 23 now, so say maybe nine years, but it, it started for me in, uh, in grade nine, um, conveniently the, the first year of high school. <laughs> um, and uh, I started, I like, I okay, when I was like eight, I went to uh, a thing with my mom, which was like to like not do crystal meth. Um, and I remember being like, okay, crystal meth, no other drugs, yes. I don't know how, like, why I thought that was a good idea, but for some reason I was like, okay, like, I won't smoke meth. And I promised him, I was like, I won't do meth. She's like, okay. And, uh, yeah, like, in, and, like, in that seminar, they said that marijuana was a gateway drug. I didn't really know what that meant. So I actually did start with marijuana, um, and I, it bugs me because I don't want to prove that statement true. <laughs> but I'm realizing that it is. <laughs> 
which is kind of like what happens to me when I read the word, um, if you can understand what I, what I mean with that. Um, my testimony, like I apologize, is kind of like, uh, I've heard this said before, like, you know, have you ever like gone on a roller coaster with somebody who's like already been on that roller coaster and you're on it and you're freaking out and they're just sitting there? That's kind of what's happening right now. So I've done this a few times. So to me, this is normal, but I realize it's, yeah, anyway, sorry, all over the place. But yeah, um, how I said like, you know, God's awesome. One of the revelations I had is like, when you say your name, you have to say his name first. So you'd be like, you know, I am Jordan or whatever, you know. And I was like, whoa, that's deep. Like I've been like addressing him my whole life. <laughs> I didn't even realize it. And uh, my mentor one time, he was like, yeah, he's like, you live in the universe. I was like, right? And he said, yeah, like if, if you break that down, it's uni, meaning singular, and verse, a spoken sentence. I sat on it for about five minutes, and he's like, he just came to me, he's like, yeah, you live in a single spoken sentence. I was like, whoa. <laughs> like, okay, now I gotta do something about this. And uh, I realized, like, my struggle was I didn't wanna give up um, my control or, like, my autonomy. Like, I didn't wanna, like, surrender to somebody, because, like, you know, like, if he made this, you know, like, this is his machine, he, like, he has the gas to run it kind of thing, and, uh, I was like, ugh, like, that sucks. Until I realized that I was surrendering to love. And I was like, okay, I can do that. <laughs> and it's, uh, it's been a journey. Um, like, my earlier years, I don't know, like, if you guys are familiar with, like, Wallace and Gromit. But, uh, like, you know, like, like, Wallace is like, don't forget the cheese, you know. And then, like, a couple minutes later, they're, like, in space. And they're going to have cheese and crackers. And he's like, Gromit, where's the cheese? And Gromit's like, they're like, it's like, you forgot the cheese? And they're stuck in space kind of thing. And it's like, it's kind of what it felt like being a kid growing up in a Christian home, but not being able to like navigate what I was learning, even though it was still the truth. Like one of the verses that is so true is like, you know, like you tell, a, tell it to a kid when he's young, you know, when he's old, he won't depart from it. Um, I, I'm, I know that that's true because that's me. <laughs> um, but yeah, like for the for the older generation, like I spent a lot of time with my grandpa growing up. And uh, so like I know who Don Knotts is. And uh, if you go back to like the reluctant act astronaut for that same picture, like that moment when he's in space and the guy comes on the radio and, the, and he's like not supposed to be there because he's the janitor. And he's like, uh, are you in the spaceship? And he's like, yep. And he's like, yeah, we're going to need you to land that. I'm gonna give you step by step through the radio, and he's like trying to catch like uh, you know peanut butter out of a tube. If you guys have seen that, right? And you're like, this guy cannot land that ship. Well, that's kind of what it feels like until you meet Christ, and then you realize, oh, it's all good. Like, it's like living and like letting Him kind of like do everything for you. Um, and uh, I just want to say like um, learning how to like rest in Christ is is key um, like you know like the Bible constantly talks about falling away well I thought that sinning was falling away uh, but what I realize now is what actually happens like when I fall away is when I start saying in my heart like I got this I can do it on my own um, 
because when I do that, I'm falling away from his grace. And uh, that's, that's the falling away that takes place. Like, we, we're broken and people who have fallen, you know, we're, we're not expected to be perfect. Um, the good news is, is he was, and he did it for us. So we can kind of, you know, he says, stop sinning and, like, don't sin any longer. Um, and to, I guess to, to that woman that was trying to be condemned for adultery with the, with the guys that were, you know, he says, you know, cast the first stone and all that. Um, and it's like that same thing as like we're, he's a, he expects us to fall. And uh, one of the things I've learned at Teen Challenge is uh, the people who are successful, you know, whether it be in life or business or any of those things, um, they see failure as a part of their success. Um, we, for some reason as humans, we have this like amazing ability to forget things that we've learned. But, uh, you know, like, <laughs> like for some reason we assume when we see somebody successful, oh, like they have never failed or they've never made a mistake and that, that's a lie. Um, and like the reason why they're in that position is because they've learned how to use failure um, for good, right? Um, like knowledge and wisdom, like they go hand in hand in the Bible, right? Um, and it's like knowledge about things is useless unless you have the wisdom to discern what they mean. Like you can have two doctors who know everything, like everything's the same, but the intent that one of them uses something versus the other is the difference, like the attitude of the heart, right? Like scripture is good, you can know it, but if you can't navigate it, it's meaningless. And what makes it meaningful is the relationship with Christ. So when you get everything else out of the way and you let him come in and meet you in your brokenness, that's, that's when you find redemption, change, and power. So I just wanna leave you with that, like God redeems. Uh, Teen Challenge is not, uh, is not a recovery house like I don't want to recover because that means to return to your previous state I don't want to do that I want to be redeemed <laughs> thank you Jordan that's awesome um, before we wrap up I wanted to give uh, one of our, our graduates um, somebody who's working with me this morning his name is Reed and, and he up until our, our recent graduation, he was the last grad, and uh, there's something that I just wanted to share with you about his experiences, and uh, yeah, he'll just take a few minutes. Thank you, Zach. Um, I'm kind of nervous this morning. I haven't spoken for several months now because I graduated, so bear with me. Um, so yeah, my name is Reed. I graduated this last November. And now I'm working as a staff member alongside Zach. I'm what's known as a leader in training. And so basically I just learned pretty much every job there is for me to do. So it's been going well. Uh, been trying to learn quick. Thank you. So Israel was our last grad, like Zach mentioned. And like Zach said, Israel was a, an amazing guy. Um, as staff, we wanted to begin a new tradition of passing the baton from one graduate to the next. And so that's what we did on Israel's grad. I passed the baton to him. And to give a background of what we kind of looked 
for, for passing the baton, the symbolism behind it. Um, I can't remember where it is in the Bible, but I think it's Paul talking about the race that was marked out for us by Christ. And this race is extremely important, the race that we run and that we just push forward until we finish. My dad has said to me many times, because I've struggled for years, he said, it doesn't matter how you start the race, but what matters is how you finish the race. And so this passing of the baton is a very crucial part of everybody's life, um, especially ours. Um, our graduation is almost like a coming of age for us in a symbolic sense. It's when the baton is passed to us and is, we're told, now is your time to run the race, to finish the race. You didn't start off too great. You've had a couple good runs here and there, but this is your opportunity now to grab the baton and run to Jesus with everything that you have left. And so as graduates and as students, that's what we're preparing for. That's what we're doing. We're doing absolutely everything we can to follow Jesus. And it's hard. Um, after you finish the program and there's no more rules and no more structure and the structure you have to create for yourself becomes very, very difficult to stay solid. Um, I've struggled a fair bit since I've graduated, but I'm going to continue to press on and press forward and not give up. So, thank you. So just to leave you guys with one or two things, if you know anybody that doesn't have a great father relationship, come up alongside them. Or if you know somebody that's struggling, encourage them. Just let them know that there is a race to run and that it doesn't matter how you start, doesn't matter what kind of condemnation you're under or what kind of guilt you feel or shame. What matters is that you can finish the race strong no matter what stage of the race you're in. You can be like 90 or you could be like nine. It really doesn't matter. So be encouraged, finish the race strong because I wanna be able to say one day that I fought the good fight and I ran the race and I kept the faith. Thanks, Reed. Um, yeah, we, there's so many incredible things that happen in our journeys uh, with faith. And I just, what keeps being highlighted as I close is, and one of the greatest things about a relationship with God is that it opens us up to real relationship with people. It allows us to engage in real community. And that's what it's all about. That's why we're, we're, we're here as a body. We're here as in unity together to be with each other, to support each other, to be there for each other. And the worst thing that happens in addiction and when the enemy gets a hold of us is that we isolate and it takes us away from the people that care about us, the people that love us, and the people that can help us. And, you know, it's like this idea when someone starts choking and they're in a crowded room, they run to be alone. And it's like there's something in us that wants, to make, wants us to run away from everything that's good for us when we suffer. And the truth is that God is there and he's bringing us back into his arms and into the arms of this community. And I'm, we're so happy to be with you this morning. Uh, it's amazing to share this time and to share our stories. We do pe feel like part of this family. Even though our visits are only once a year, it is incredible to come back and be with you. Um, yeah, thank you. Thank you. Um, a, a few closing things. Uh, for those of you that support us, financially with prayer with 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 your thoughts and with with gifts and everything we, we're so grateful we could not do that without you we are built on on the support of, of believers and we're built 
in, the, in this body of churches that, that believe in our cause, that know that it's not over for these men, you know, and, and we couldn't do it without your help. And if those are out there that are interested in, in partnering with us, there's many ways. We covet your prayers. Think of us. We have empty beds, and we know, we know there are people out there that could fill those beds, and you know of them as well. And so, you know, pray for us. Keep us in, in your thoughts and in your prayers. And if, if you want to partner with us financially or if you're looking to volunteer or get involved in some way, we would love, love to welcome that opportunity. There are many different ways, and you can speak with us afterwards at the table. The brochure, if you got the brochure, it's got some, some information. It's also an envelope, and there's opportunities for you to give and to be involved in our ministry. And one of the cool things about that monthly partnership is that you become connected to what we do and, and every month you get an update on a student and you can see how these guys are doing and we'll send you an update and uh, you can put it on your fridge and I, I walked into a church as a student in my 10th month and the pastor said oh I recognize you I've been praying for you because I was on his fridge I mean that was really really cool for me as a student to know that there was people out there praying for me and keeping me in their thoughts and so if any of that stands out for you and if you feel like God is leading you in some way to, to get involved with our ministry please come and talk to me afterwards we would really, really welcome that. And I know it's a bit of a drive. Wednesday mornings, 9 a.m., open chapel. Uh, we've had Adrian out to speak uh, before, and it's just, we, we open the doors and anybody is welcome. So if you're in the neighborhood, please come on by. Um, yeah, there's, there's so much. And our graduations, again, like their graduations are celebrations, and they're open to everyone that wants to come. And so if you want more information about what we do, if you'd like to come out and have a tour and see what our center's like and how the guys get along, uh, we would, we'd love that. So thank you again. I'm going to invite the choir back up. Amen. Thank you, God. Amen and amen. Now, just a reminder, so there's uh, the luncheon downstairs. Everyone is invited to come down and to share a good meal together. And remember to make uh, these gentlemen feel comfortable and welcome. Invite them to their, your table and uh, share their stories with them and encourage them. That, that is such a theme that we all need. We all need encouragement, correct? Yes. And actually, that's, I thought that uh, God is really moving there because we're starting a next series uh, next week, and it's on the book of Philippians. And one of the great themes of that book is encouraging a, a church that is already doing well but going through some hardships. So may the encouragement and the joy and the peace of the Lord go with you today, and may you walk in his blessing. So thank you all for Teen Challenge for coming and blessing us this morning. It's such a great encouragement hearing what God is doing, and we all have much to learn from, from even their stories. So I thank you so much.